Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Inside Carolina On The Beat Live podcast. It is Tuesday night, 9 o'clock. You know what that means. Inside Carolina is live and we're sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. With On The Beat Live comes producer John Bowman. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. Ross Martin will be here in a minute, in about 15 minutes. But the two most important people tonight um, in this podcast are one, Greg Barnes. is certainly a familiar face for everybody uh, that follows Inside Carolina. And everybody knows what's going on with Greg and that Greg is um, moving away from the beat into – um, what I hope to be bigger and better roles and certainly bigger and better roles for him and his family. And also joining us is Mr. Adam Smith. So Adam is the new guy on the block. So Adam, the way this works is you go last. All right. Just that's great. Right. Perfect spot. No pressure. You can lap me if you want to just <laughs> uh, get everybody two or three times and come back. I, I think the, uh, I think the um, quote was uh, you're new. Just don't suck. <laughs> so uh, we have a low bar here, Adam. We appreciate you joining me. But I want to start with you, Greg. Greg, just sort of – this is like your last On The Beat Live podcast, maybe, at least previously scheduled. Um, what are we going to do now? Well, you're in good hands. Uh, I was trying to think earlier today. I believe it was 07. Uh, I guess it could have been 08, but – in in the the heat of summer, it was early June, and I guess it was while Boschmer was undergoing some renovations, and the baseball team was playing NCAA's uh, at the park out in Cary, and it was like 105 degrees. It was like 120 degrees on the field, and I believe it was Gary Gilmore, um, <laughs> that coastal, who, who came into the tent. And the tent is just baking in the sun. So it's like an oven. So it's like 130 degrees in there. So they got the AC running, piped in, and it's real loud. And it's too loud. And so he's like barking at people, turn it off because he can't hear questions and stuff. Uh, and during that whole time, that was when I was very early on the beat. Uh, I just remember somebody constantly cutting jokes and trying to uh, get a rise out of people just because it was such miserable conditions. And that was Adam Smith. So, uh, I think he'll bring a lot of uh, a lot of laughs, a lot of uh, intellect, a lot of insight with his folksy charm oh from uh, Mebane. Is that right, <laughs> Mebane? Mebane for you people who may not know. Uh, but Adam's a great guy. I think this will be a, a seamless transition for him, and I'm glad for him to join the IC crew. All right, Adam. Before Ross gets in here and sort of takes <laughs> over with his presence, um, tell us a little bit about. Um, we'll do it like a recruiting thing, uh, you know, like what do you bring to the table? What, what do you think you can bring to the team? What are you going to bring to the program that is inside Carolina? Uh, male pattern baldness. Um, <laughs> We've got that covered, man. <laughs> I mean, Greg, what a memory. I didn't know where you were going with that, but when you when you said, yeah, it was out there in Cary. Uh, and yeah. I think they had, what, like the industrial fans or whatever? That's right, that's right. You know, like. <laughs> Just trying to, it was, 
so freaking hot. And I think Gary Gilmore got in trouble for uh, not giving an opening statement. Uh, I don't know if you remember that or not, but um, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Tommy, I don't know. I mean, you want to talk about uh, how Hubert might have felt replacing Roy, or how Shire might feel repa- replacing Kay? I, I mean, I don't think you replace Greg Barnes. Uh, you know, I'm just, uh, I mean, thrilled to be joining you guys. I mean, I've always joke with Ross and Greg that I'm a loyal IC reader. I mean, I have been a loyal IC reader for a long time and um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm excited to get started and, uh, I've been around a while. <laughs> so, uh, um, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I've been in, um, the newspaper game for a long time, uh, 22 years. And it's, it's exciting to, to do something new. It's not entirely new, you know, writing stories, covering the team, stuff like that. But, um, it's, it's really cool. I wish it didn't come at, at, with Greg leaving. I'd love to do it alongside him and, and Ross and everyone else. But, um, you know, it's, it's a thrill to, to be here and trying to get going. Uh, my first, my first day on a Mac today. So that was a, <laughs> a little bit of a rough ride. Well, it's funny, Adam, you and I talked a little bit earlier this evening and I, I said, uh, you know, they're trading, um, and I was talking about myself, I, they're trading Greg Barnes and Gregory Hall for Tommy Ashley if there was a general manager involved in that, they'd be fired immediately. But those cash and a player to be named later turned out to be Adam Smith. So I think they did all right on that trade. Uh, Barnes, of course, will still be with Inside Carolina, still doing special stuff. And you're still coming on my podcast, Greg. You're not getting away. I will I will be running beside the golf cart, um, holding up this headset, going, you got to say something when we get there. Ross, get What's in up? here. We got your buddy Adam joining the crowd. Uh, what we got to look forward to with Adam Smith in the mix here? Well, if you're watching on YouTube, I think he's got his top button buttoned on his on his polo shirt there. It's not buttoned. That's against the Ross Martin code of of uh, button downs and polos. Um, <laughs> now, so y'all introduce Adam. Is that kind of where we're in right now? Yeah, that's what yeah. we're doing. Adam's a good buddy of mine. I, I met him, I guess, my first year in Chapel Hill or so, covering UNC. And um, we sat next to each other during a game in the Smith Center. And I'd never met the guy. We sat next to each other. And I was like, what's up, man? What's up? And he was like, hey. I was like, hey, what's your Twitter? And I went on, <laughs> I went on Twitter. And I was like, look at this. I, I clicked it. I go, boom, followed you. And we've been great friends ever since. We've traveled a bunch together. Uh, well, we've done, we've done Brooklyn. Same hotel room in Brooklyn. We've done um, – We've done Greenville. We've done the Final Four in Houston. No, Final Four in Phoenix. We've done a bunch of road trips together. Um, So, um, yeah, it's great to have Adam on. And definitely going to miss Greg. I think, you know, Greg brought a lot of of awesome things to the beat in terms of how he writes. And I learned a lot from him and just how he breaks down teams and games and players. And it was was awesome. And I think Adam's going to be great. And he's going to bring something different. So I think people listening are, you know, it's it's – Adam's not Greg. Greg's not Adam. I think that's important to know as we transition here. But Greg, Adam's a great writer and excited to – we we trained him today for about eight hours in the office. You know, he opened up – he brought the Mac out of the uh, out of the plastic this morning. And I had to teach him about, like, the two-finger scroll and the right-click, left-click. So it was, it was kind of funny sitting with Ben and, and teaching Adam the nuances of not only an Apple, but uh, just how to do the whole – you know, how to work the content management system and stuff that people don't know about. And you're kind of, so it was fun. Adam will be great. We're excited. We went through a lot of different stuff today. Um, and hopefully we get them to be pretty good on podcasts too. I want to bring in the the YouTube chat here. We have 162 people watching, Let's including, go. I believe our friend, uh, Connor O'Neill. Oh, uh, my friend of the program, Connor. But if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to type in the chat pod where you're watching from and also get any questions queued up as we get going here. Tonight. Yeah. I mean, I don't, it's important. It, it's what's that screenshot that that was great from Connor. Yeah. 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 Bring that back up. It's important to realize that Adam is one of my best friends. So it's kind of funny. Like, you know, you know, you're working with one of your best friends. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. So it should be interesting. It, it, interesting to say at least over the next year or so, or whatever, however long this lasts before, however long this lasts. <laughs> Ross actually didn't tell the full story about the the first game we sat beside each other uh, at the Dean Dome. Uh, He was roasting me 
uh, unmercifully for taking notes on a legal pad, um, which, I mean, we didn't know each other, but he was, I mean, he was letting me have it and I, I probably deserved it. I'm sure I look like a dinosaur doing it. Um, so he told me that, you know, they have the internet. These things are on the internet. You don't have to write them down, which is true, but yeah. you know, some habits die hard. Yeah. I think Adam, you know, Adam comes from the old school journal. I mean, he's been working in the paper business for 22 years and went to J school at UNC and I've never written for a paper. You know, I've only written online. I've only written for message boards. And so my training and, and how I've been brought up, as I like to tell Adam, I'm from the, the hard knock school of blue collar <laughs> journalism where like I was not taught how to do things. I, I pretty much you kind of taught myself into, and then kind of learned as I went. And it's funny, the contrasting styles. And it, I mean, it shows. I mean, I make a lot of typos and a lot of errors. So, yeah. Well, it is a Mac world, Adam. And uh, you picked <laughs> it up straight. You picked it up seamlessly getting in on here. It's cool. So this is this will be a fun show tonight. Um, normally, it's just the four of us, John, Greg, Ross, and I. But then I hopefully we'll continue to be Adam, Ross, myself, and John as we get these things rolling. We'll mix some people in here or there. Let's talk a little bit about this uh, Carolina football team. And, uh, you know, I always want to go to Greg first, but I'm not. I'm going to go to Adam first. Go to Greg first. No, you are on the hot seat, man. You either sink or swim, and you you will be great. <laughs> Look, right out of the gate, Carolina suffers an injury in a position that they cannot afford an injury mm. with Antoine Green going down. Um, your thoughts on how that's going to play out here in preseason camp? I think I heard Max say six to ten weeks. I mean, that's an awfully big window there. And if, if we're – if we're going Carolina style, it's going to be at least 10 weeks. Um, it usually is when Carolina does the injuries. But that loss for that position group, what's it mean for that team? I mean, yeah, like Mac was saying the other day on Monday that, you know, the, the optimistic the optimistic time frame would be September 24th for Notre Dame. But, I mean, that would be the, that would be the, the quickest. You know, I mean, it could be out till – you know, mid-October, late-October, November. Uh, I, I mean, maybe. Um, I don't know. You get, I think you have guys – I think the guys that are left there have a combined 15 career catches in college. Does that sound right to everybody? Um, you know, I think, you know, uh, Justin Olsen. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure. Uh, I can tell you that um, when, when, when Mac was giving us the specifics of um, Antoine Green's prognosis uh there were there were two guys left on the field monday when we were there talking to mac and this was this was maybe 45 minutes to an hour after they got done they were still out there it was uh andre green jr and omarion hampton uh and they were still going through stuff out there with phil longo so um they're gonna need somebody <laughs> to yeah to stop. we were talking to bryson nesbitt today you know i mean he he slides out there to receiver too so, I mean, you have, you know, you got Kobe Paysauer, you got Gavin Blackwell, you got Justin Olson, Andre Green, um, J.J. Jones. You know, what is it? Is it how many? How many is it got six guys out there in the mix? Yeah, uh, yeah you name them all. And the thing, the thing here, it's an opportunity for people. So it's an opportunity for Andre Green now to step up and seize a starting role. Um, it's an opportunity for J.J. Jones to become a big time player. And I think you're right with. Bryson Nesbitt, I mean, it's a chance for him. If he's going to – they're really going to give him the ball on the outside as a wide receiver, this will be why. And so it would be interesting to see how much he gets moved out to tight end. We talk, gets moved out to wide receiver. We did talk to him about it today. But I, I'm excited to see Andre Green. Now, this – I mean, it's like if we thought Andre Green was going to start maybe that third or fourth receiver, now it's like, all right, that's an opportunity now. You can go in and make plays and maybe be the guy as you in December two, three, or four wide receiver. Greg, what do you think? I think the odd thing about this is, is because North Carolina is so short on wide receivers in terms of scholarship players, we've talked about that since spring. And just, what is it, nine on scholarship, whatever that number is. Strangely enough, that's actually helped in this dynamic because what happened is, as you talk about, Nesbitt had to play some of the outside wide receiver just because they need an extra body there. Josh Downs has played everywhere since the spring. Now we know that Kobe Pesauer – is, is he's working at outside wide receiver now, in addition to Jones mm -hmm. and Blackwell and, and these other guys, as well as Olsen. Um, so it's really one of those unique situations where they've already kind of been cross-training guys, and I think that's beneficial. The other component of it, too, is 
if you go back a couple years when North Carolina had Michael Carter and Javante Williams, yes, they ran a lot of, you know, 11 personnel and that type of thing. They also ran with both those guys on the field some. So this is really an opportunity for Phil Longo to get creative. And Matt mentioned the other day, hey, this may be a time for two tight end sets. We haven't seen that much, but when you have Nesbitt who can slide out and play detached, that's very beneficial because Kamari Morales is, is really good attached. He's like a traditional big tight end who's athletic. Uh, and you can move Josh Downs around. You can do two running backs. Um, so a lot of different things you can do early when you know that Antoine Green is supposed to be back. I think if this is going to be a situation where it was 10 to 12 weeks, well, now that's a lot of stress on the offense and the skill positions. But if it's 6 to 10 weeks, and we're talking about get through the first three weeks, maybe you can get him back by Notre Dame, and then you got you got the bye weekend there to help. Right. Um, I think all those things could help, and North Carolina can scheme around it because this injury occurs so early in training camp. I so, want to bring in our first YouTube question here. Uh, this is a good one from Drew, and we've already talked about him a little bit, but Bryson Nesbitt, uh, he's a <laughs> promising freshman who, who's now, I think, entering his sophomore season. Do you think he's going to shift outside a little bit more? That's what that Drew is wondering here. Or do you think he'll maybe stay at tight end in some of those two tight end sets? And not necessarily shifting out as a tight end, but play being a wide out rather than the tight end. I think yeah. I think it's a given as a tight end he'll slide out some, but does he move out there? Does he change positions, Ross? Yeah. So they they you know, he could step outside, detached and be a slot receiver and be a physical guy across the middle, going against, you know, going against a nickel or a safety where he may have the advantage or even a linebacker there. Or I think the question here is is he gonna move out outside of the of the slot and it'll be a legitimate outside receiver where he could be more of an end zone threat. And it, they say yes, but look, the tight end has never been a prominent role in this offense. So how much uh, – they say this, but how much is that in reality? I think a lot of what they say about tight ends is for recruiting purposes to try to get the good tight ends. But look, maybe Nesbitt is that guy. UNC hasn't had a really, really good tight end since, since Eric Ebron. So maybe Nesbitt is the guy. But, you know, I think he does have that athleticism. And you look at his – you know, he's 6'5", 235. He's not big. He's not a big, bulky tight end. He is an athletic, physical – lengthy, oversized, jumbo athlete wide receiver. So we'll see. I mean, we won't know until we see him line up. And look, we haven't seen any scrimmages. Mac has not opened a scrimmage for us. He closed practice on Monday. So we've seen just about as much as you have. Not to be bitter or anything. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is – Talk about tight ends. I mean, if you're a football coach, for whatever reason, you (laughs) – I mean, you love to talk about the other team's tight end. I mean, think about how many times UNC plays – uh someone that mac is just raving about the tight end you know like it's just like it's football coaching 101 i mean you know like the other two they really use the tight end they get him they get him involved i mean that's just that's just a thing for some reason and the only one that that i can remember actually doing something was boston college guy that yeah. was a monster a couple of years ago it, it could be a, it could be a huge weapon man it could be a difference maker in a game i mean you see it in the nfl all the time travis kelsey they don't travis kelsey and and who's the guy for the, the Patriots Kittle. and the and Kittle and um Gronkowski Gronk. I mean those guys. guys don't grow on trees. It's a very unique position where you have to be able to block and be able to catch a pass across the middle and then be able to run with it. So it's a unique spot. Yeah, and Carolina's got some talent there. We'll see. But one thing, and I gotta always shout out Slagle. I mean, Slagle's always in the chats. And shout out to Drew Krebs too. We we need to meet up at the Irish pub in Charlotte again. Just not for uh the belt bowl again. But Greg, <laughs> running backs, uh, we've talked a lot and we can all get in on this discussion, but um Adam mentioned Marion Hampton getting some extra work in the other day. Um, everybody thinks he's going to be a guy or the guy or one of the guys. Does this provide an opportunity for Longo to use more than one of those guys at a time? Because, yes, he played Carter and Javante together some, but not a ton. Is Does this force him to try that, at least with these talented guys? Uh, it's a good question, Tommy. And I almost think if you're going to try to do that with the young guys, it's probably going to be too much just because you're adding roles to what they want to do. And that's one thing Mac talked about the other day is it's not necessarily in terms of simplifying the offense, but it's, it's kind of paring it down. So that if you're having to rely on Andre Green Jr. and you're having to rely on Hampton and Petaway, you don't want to give them too much to be thinking about. 
You want to make it pretty succinct what they have to do on the field. Um, and so I think you kind of eliminate eliminate those guys from that discussion. Maybe you can do that with more of the veteran guys. Um, I don't think there's any question. I, I guess we could pull the whole group here. Um, but for North Carolina to reach where they want to go this year, I think one of those young backs has to pop. And it doesn't have to happen the first three games of the year. But by midseason, I mean, these need to be the guys. It needs to be a Murray and Hampton has just taken control of this running back room, and there we are. Um, that doesn't mean DJ Jones can or Elijah Green can't really take a big step up, but they've had opportunities. Uh, but when you got two four-star kids who have a lot of potential, I think that's what you're looking at of them. I think it may be too much early on to say, all right, you two go out there and we're going to just run some new plays with you guys and let's see how it works out. I agree with you about the running backs. I think Petaway or Hampton need to do that. And partly because of what Adam mentioned earlier, or, or, and we mentioned, or no, Ross, you mentioned about recruiting. I, I mean, these mm -hmm. guys need to, to bust out and be big time um, so people can see that a true freshman or a, you know early enrollee freshman can can do something from North Carolina at one of those positions. And quite yeah. frankly, they haven't really done that except Sam Howell. Yeah, it's, it's kind of dicey because, like, you sell recruits on early playing time, right? That's how you get recruits. You're like, hey, come in and you can start. You can be the – you know, you come in and get minutes. And re realistically, this doesn't happen a lot. So – and then – but you, you – in order to sell that, you have to have tangible evidence of you playing freshman early. And so a guy like Zach Rice starts maybe or George Petaway or Andre Green or Mont Hampton is what's the benefit of, of showing recruits and parents and, and coaches – that we do play freshman early, do get minutes. Um, it, it, it translates to basketball too. Like, look, we've UNC has struggled sometimes in basketball recruiting over the last ten years because they don't play freshman as much. Same applies for for football. So, how much is that way? Who knows? I think the best player should play, whether that's Hampton week one or Petaway week one or, or one of those two guys week six. Um, the best guy to play. I think Longo is a guy who plays the best players. I don't think there's there's a lot of loyalty or you know what whatnot. I could see British Brooks, you know, sort of uh, minding the store there for a little bit uh, for a couple what's of that, weeks. What's that mean? Uh oh. They're like, uh, what's that, what does that, that mean? Uh, some you know, Mev sort of Mevin like, analogy? Sort of keeping, hey, if you're waiting on me, you're backing up. Uh, sort of uh, like keeping the seat warm, I guess. Okay. Would say. I don't Ooh. know. I mean, I could see. British, that's Adam Smith right there. British Brooks, Adam Smith. You're keeping the seat warm, buddy. Well, I mean, wouldn't you think that, that you know, a, a, they would roll a guy you. like him out as the starter for, yeah. for Florida A&M, especially for a week zero game? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's coming earlier than than usual. I think that – and we talked about this earlier in the, in the podcast. I, British Brooks is going to get the shot. I mean, I think he's going to get a legitimate shot to be the guy. Um, my question was, Is can he be the guy when he's the guy? He did it when he wasn't the guy, um, and it was, you know, three months into the season. Um, so we'll see. I, minding the store, uh, holding down the fort, um, <laughs> keeping the barn door closed, uh, whatever you want to say. This is Ross. a newspaper dinosaur guy, if there ever was one. This is going to be great. <laughs> it's so, very I mean, I think kind of related, related to that, Tommy, is, you know, at some point, week eight, week nine, at some point you're like, all right, Bruce Brooks, this is his last year. Are we going to still roll Bruce Brooks? Or should we just get Amar and Hampton and Petaway ready for next season and give them full reps? That might be a similar scenario where you kind of ease Brooks out of it once Petaway and, and, and Amar and Hampton realize that they're just as good, if not better, halfway, three-fourths of the way through the season. I could see that happening as well. You see that a lot at other positions. And I think week zero will tell us a lot. Because typically, you know, you would you would wait, at least in the Larry Fedora model, right? You would wait until that week uh, 13 before rivalry week where you play an FCS opponent. <laughs> well, that's not the case this year, right? Now you got A&M week zero. Uh, we'll be able to see you know, who do they really think has got potential. Because I imagine, I would, I'll say this, I would be shocked if Hampton and Petaway do not see the bulk of the carries after halftime. On Saturday. On Florida A&M game. Yeah, right. 
We've talked a lot about the running back position battle. I want to bring up our next YouTube comment here, next YouTube question, quarterback battle. Three people on the beat here after about the midway point of fall camp who has a strong take on who should start at quarterback. Ooh, who wants that one first? I said on the boards, I posted on the boards yesterday, I think it's going to be Drake May. And that's why I think right now I think it's going to be Drake May. So I don't know if I – do I need to say it louder for it to be strong? Drake May. But, um, <laughs> I mean, I think it's really close. But if I was to put money on it, I, I'd put it on, um, on on Drake May out of Myers Park High School in Charlotte. Adam, how, I, about, how about you, Adam? Uh, Ross, uh, North Carolina football coach uh, Mac Brown said on Monday that that was one position he's not worried about. He's not worried about quarterback. You know why? Because both of them can play. So, and, you know, um, the third string freshman out of Alabama, who I can't think of his name right now, Connor Harrell. Harrell. Thank you, guys. Uh, he's good, too. He's running around out there making plays. Um, but, I mean, if you, if, you, if, you, if you made me make a pick right now, I'd say Drake may, too. Now, I have nothing to back that up because we haven't seen yeah. him do anything. He's we haven't seen them. I would love to see them Monday. Just watch them, and you can notice differences. Greg, Greg, I feel Greg knows can like analyze a little bit better. Watch them for you know ten fifteen minutes. The whisper. Have right you here. changed at all, Greg? You said you said. I've uh, not changed. Uh, I've not changed. I mean, I, I think May's the guy, right? But I, I think what Adam said um, is important because I do think they can win with either Chris Well or May, and that, that's yeah. an important distinction. And I think Mac is being honest when he says that. Um, you know, just a few times we talked to him this offseason. I, I completely believe him when he says they're confident they can win with either guy. Uh, so the should part of it is where it gets interesting. Who should start? I don't know. But if you think about it from a program building perspective, you know, Sam Howe, uh, if he had not separated from Kate Fortin and Jace Ruder back in 2019, he was going to be the guy anyway because he was a local kid from Charlotte, in-state recruit, a kid that they flipped from a powerhouse program. He's the picture in the photo of your program, right? Quarterback is it in football these days. If you don't have a good quarterback, forget it. So Drake May comes from his dad played, right? Mark's a great guy, had a good career at Carolina, has been supportive of the program. His brother's a legend on the basketball court. He's from Charlotte, five-star kid, committed to Bama. Yep. I mean, that's yep. as big as they get, right? Like, there's a lot of things off the field that play in Drake's favor that helps the program. And I think, that, you know, as unfortunate as it may be, those are hard things for Jacoby to kind of overcome. So I think for Jacoby to, to actually win the job, He's going to have to be a good bit better than Drake. Not a great bit, you know, just just maybe, I don't know, that much. Um, but he's going to have to be better to be able to earn that position. Because if it's even, which it sounds like it is, there's a, a ton of reasons to go with Drake to help the program moving forward. If, if recruiting in North Carolina is the most important thing, then I think you go with Drake. Uh, now, I think both guys from the skill set perspective – they bring you a lot of a lot of different things, but they're capable of doing the same things. And so when Phil Longo says we don't have to really change the play calling for either of them, that's what you want. And that's a good indication that Chris Well, while he's a big athletic guy, he can throw the rock. And while Drake looks like a prototypical quarterback, he's actually got some moves and he can he can run and, and do what they want to do in the run game. So uh again, I don't think you can go wrong with either, but I think Drake may. Uh, unless Chriswell makes significant strides and, and moves past him, I think the job is Drake Mays. Adam, that's a what Greg just did, connecting everything together, piecing it all together, bringing in historical stuff. That's podcasting 101. So I hope you're taking notes on how to kind of break it all down there. And I'm always taking it. It was, it was beautiful. Uh, Greg just painted a freaking Mona Lisa portrait of, of quarterback position. Uh, and I know because I was going to say in my answer, how can you bench? You know, a kid with the last name May, a legacy, a UNC legacy. You can't put him on the bench, can you? I was going to say that, but I was told earlier to keep my answers short and sweet. Keep it moving, so kind of all directions. Yeah. I remember somebody saying that. Keep it moving. Yeah, it's good. We we give great. We give Greg the 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 
space to to let it flow and be creative. Um, <laughs> breathe. So this, this is the Ross Martin. By the way, folks, this is on the beat live with host Ross Martin. Go ahead, Ross. <laughs> Sponsored by Johnny T shirt too. To, by the way, yeah, um, yeah. I think I think Greg nailed a bunch of different points there. Uh, the thing about this, like, this is weird. But Criswell transferring sounds normal. Sounds okay. Drake May transferring sounds weird. You know. Oh, yeah. Think about that. Like, God, Drake May, the former five-star Alabama commit, brothers and legend, dads, whatever, you know, that just sounds weird. I think in the back of your mind. So if they're the same, you, you go with, with May. Um, who knows? We may see a little bit of both. And I wonder how long is the leash going to be if one struggles too? That's something to also think about. Because if they're even, is that a good thing? You know, if, if right. it's this close, is that really a good thing? So. Let me the ask you this. Did most of the players, they routinely talk about how strong Chris Wells' arm is yep. for whatever that's worth. I mean, you know, they talk about him having just a super strong arm, being able to, you know, really launch really launch it. So, I mean, if you if you put any stock in what they say. It'll be we said, discussion for sure. Connor yeah, Harrell, I think, is my favorite guy, Jason Rowland said in the chat, by the way. Go ahead. Yeah, Connor Harrell's uh, – that kid's going to be a – He's going to be a Tommy Ashley favorite QB for years to come, I think. Because he is fun to watch. I mean, he, he looks as electric, got a big arm. Um, he's going to be a fun one. But we said this on the podcast a couple weeks ago. I, I truly believe we're not going to know all we need to know about the quarterback position until the Notre Dame game. And kind of as Ross said, you don't want people transferring early. So – uh, you want to give both guys opportunities because you may think I'll just throw out a name. You may think Connor Harrell's the guy. He's going to be your starter. He's going to surprise everybody. He's played better than Drake and Jacoby in practice, but he gets under the, the lights, and maybe he kind of t- takes a step back. I think everybody remembers the whole C.J. Stevens, Darren Durant thing, right? Durant never practiced well. Everybody knew that, but when he got in the game, look out, Marquise Williams. Right, I'll never forget a, a, an employee at the University of North Carolina told me uh, this kid's gonna be playing a different position very soon because they just don't trust him in practice at quarterback. We saw how that turned out. Um, so you just don't know until the lights come on. And so I think they're gonna give both these guys plenty of opportunities those first three weeks uh, to really see okay, who's who's capable of handling this job right now. And it may be both of them. And if it is, I, I think that's where it starts trending in, in Drake's favor and i think i mean maybe just to add to that greg i think it it should be interesting to see how many people potentially get rolled out against florida a&m in the Mm -hmm. opener if if you're playing you know you're playing an fcs team and if you're you know leading like you probably would expect to be how many people just get in there and get some run and then compare that to what potentially could happen in boone the next week you know where uh that won't be an easy place to play um so, I mean, you know, what what sort of uh, shrinkage, I don't know if that's the right word, uh, you know, gets used you know, when you go from maybe wheeling and dealing against Florida and them to getting up to Boone and trying to win a game against Appy State. What, uh, Greg, as far as the schedule here, uh, do we all agree, and let's get this out of the way, do we all agree that the first three games, they need to win them all, clearly, um, and they damn well better win the App State game or Mac Brown's going – see a different fan base than he's ever seen in my opinion uh, but <laughs> but how how important is, are these first three games to get guys acclimated that might not otherwise have been acclimated like you know the year they played Oklahoma and Texas in the first three weeks and things like that how much do they use these first three games to do that to get ready for the ACC season and Notre Dame starting on the 24th grade yeah I think it's imperative that they set the schedule the way they did. I think moving A&M to week zero was, was very savvy on Mac's part. Because uh, now you've got – not only do you have a bye week, you've got four non-conference games to start the year. Um, and, yeah, you'd like to win all your non-conference games, clearly. But Notre Dame's going to be really good, so that's going to be a tough one. But if you go through the first month of the season at 3-1 and one, and you haven't even started ACC play – I think you're going to be in really good shape because that's that's four opportunities for your guys to play against decent teams, including one really good team, play on the road twice, and have just a ton of shared experiences. 
And that really sets the stage for ACC play. Team didn't have that last year. I mean, they had all the pressure on them going up to Blacksburg, got smacked in the mouth, and never recovered. And I, I think the way this schedule is set up, uh, they can build. They can have success because there are games they should win. Now, Appalachian State, to your point, Tommy, uh, they're going to have to bring their A game. But if they play their A game, that's a game they should win. It may be handled. If they come out and play their B game, eh, now it's going to be competitive. But that's an opportunity to win against a, a good opponent. That's going to be a crazy atmosphere uh, in the second week. And so I, I think it sets up perfect for them to get a lot of those experiences and to build the confidence and to get the snaps to really put them in position for the staff to know, hey, these are the guys that we trust in an ACC play so that we have a chance to win the Coastal. Yeah. Uh, the app game is eh. – Lucky it's a noon game, I think. I mean, it's going to be it's gonna be rowdy up there. I mean, look, this is not your it's not your grandfather's Appalachian State. Maybe they're not as good as your brother's Appalachian State, which was which was really good four or five years ago. But this is an App State team that's uh, it's in the Sun Belt, Adam. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. They got some talent. They got like four or five players in the NFL right now. So and that's a rowdy crowd. UNC should be better. But App State came to Chapel Hill and beat down the Tar Heels. Um Two, two, three years ago. So that's a scary matchup in Boone with a new team. And so they better be on their A game. Adam, something to add on that? I couldn't agree with you more. I was just wondering okay. where you were going with it. I've yeah. gone to App State for many a year, my friend. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't be know careful. if Matt Brown used to coach App State uh, yeah. back in the day. Uh-huh. Um, but to what Greg was talking about earlier, I, I completely agree with Greg sort of on the 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 way the schedule sets up and I can remember when it came out, I, I wrote a thing that said, you know, it the way it is, the way it is set up, it it allows UNC to potentially settle into the season. You know, mm-hmm. you got the the three non-conference games, the bye week, then Notre Dame. You know, you could settle in. And you remember how, I don't know, chaotic the start of last year seemed once, you know, the game in Blacksburg started. It was like, oh, my God, this is not going at all the way it was planned to be. And you come out of there 0-1 and limping already. Um but the way it's set up this year, you know, you have two quarterbacks who uh, are new and you have a bunch of new parts and pieces or inexperienced parts and pieces that, you know, Carolina could settle in, you know, with these first couple of weeks, the first couple, the first month of the season. And as you go to the app for a game or, or, you know, stay home for the Florida A&M game, you'll make sure you're decked out in UNC gear. That's Johnny T-shirt and Johnny T-shirt.com. Right on Franklin Street, online at johnnytshirt.com, your one-stop shop for all your UNC apparel. Head to our loyal sponsor, Johnny T-Shirt, right on Franklin Street, locally owned, alumni owned, um, and of course, online at johnnytshirt.com. Great customer service. All inside Carolina subscribers get 10% off their uh, purchase with the Inside Carolina promo code found on the premium message boards. Check that out. T-Shirts jerseys basketball jerseys football jerseys sweatshirts you know it's hot right now but come october those crisp october nights you're going to want a nice crew neck sweatshirt maybe a um a pullover or uh, dare i say a hooded sweatshirt go to giant t-shirt and get all everything you need all your unc apparel great for gifts birthdays wedding gifts i sent my buddy jack richmond and his bride two johnny t-shirt crew neck sweatshirts for their wedding um so great for gifts christmas thanksgiving the, the, the always common Thanksgiving gift, um, Johnny T-shirt and Johnny T-shirt.com inside Carolina subscribers get 10% off with that discount code. Check them out on Franklin and online. Tommy. Yeah. Let the national guys pay the bills on the audio. So we'll be right back on the beat live inside Carolina.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. All right, boys, we're back. So on the beat live, second half of the show. It's about 942-ish. I disappeared for a minute. I don't know. Everything blinked off and StreamYard let me know it was not my fault. So I logged back in. Glad you guys did not miss a beat on the beat with the podcast. Let, Preston from Greensboro. Greg, I got a stat. I need you to figure out while we're talking. Preston from Greensboro said, has Mike ever won anywhere that he's either played or coached while at Carolina? Never beat Florida State. That's one. Do the stats for us. I believe it was App Hadn't State, Tulane. Right? Haven't beat App State. I don't know if Carolina ever State. played Tulane. So I need to look at Tulane, huh? All right. I'm on. Tulane. Never beat Texas, right? <laughs> Very interesting way to make people nervous. Uh, <laughs> while Greg is looking that up, let's, let's talk about this defense. A lot of people said the defense is going to be the difference at the App State game. But, Ross, I think the defense is going to be the difference, period, this season. Um, Gene Chizik talks good game. Players love him. Uh, you know, it, it sounds good right now. I think we said early in these podcasts, everything's positive in the preseason. What have you seen um, from this defense and heard from these defensive players that leads you to believe that maybe they just are going to be a little better than they have been? Yeah, I'm going to make a couple points. I mean, I think we've talked about this, but the defensive line I think is going to be deep. I'm just, I think Jafari Ritzy is going to be a very special player. You know, he's a, he's a true sophomore. Played a lot last year, got his feet wet. I think Javari Ritzy is going to be versatile at the defensive end spot, at the three-technique spot. We'll rotate with both Des Evans and Miles Murphy. So, I mean, just to, to call it one player, I think Javari Ritzy has a chance for a really special season. Um, you know, and I think a guy who could be an All-ACC player, if not this year, next year. I mean, when we you talked about him as a recruit, Don Knight, he measured off the charts for his size, his athleticism, and all that spark rating stuff. He's just a freak. So Javari Ritzy, if you don't know him, uh, he's a guy to get to know. And I think him combined with Des Evans and Raymond Vohasek, um and Miles Murphy and Kevin Hester are going to make a, a pretty nasty defensive front. And I think people – we haven't talked about it much, but Power Eccles is going to be – this is his first year starting. Really first year playing a lot. I really like him coming in um, in for uh, Jeremiah Gimmel. I really like uh, – I'm, really, I'm buying a lot of early Power Eccles stock so that's just two players that i want to point out and i'll let you know, adam and greg kind of bounce off of that from here go adam who, who, who you got surprising well ross said power Eccles, and for whatever reason when when i heard his name i thought about tommy thigpen telling us uh this summer how violent he plays you know i think mm -hmm. you use the word violence if, if if i'm right there i don't know if you guys remember and then um the other day when mac was talking he called power Eccles a machine um so those are two good descriptive terms, I think, for a, a, someone you would want at linebacker, violence and a machine. Um, so, uh, you know, when, when Ross was talking about the defensive line, I mean, I think Miles Murphy could have yeah. a really special season. Um, I mean, they're so deep on the defensive line, and it's such a cliche thing to say when it's, you know, the season's coming about how they could roll guys in and out there. You know, it could be like a hockey line change. You know, you hear something like that, but, I mean <laughs> – I think Miles Murphy could, should be, you know, really good there. You know, Javari Ritzy, of course. How about Noah Taylor? 
you know, at the Jack position. I mean, he's a, I know he's, he's a, a graduate transfer, but he's a guy that the coaches have talked about um, has been playing well in the preseason. So I'm not sure what's going on in secondary. Um, you know, we talked to DeAndre Boykins today and, um, you know, I, I don't know what's going on back there. Greg might have more info than I do or more insight than I do, but uh, I'll toss it over to him for that. It'll put you on the spot, Greg. Yeah, well, I think the I think the situation in the secondary is um, it's kind of status quo, right? I mean, you know, you know, Duck and Grimes are going to be the the guys, uh, and then you know that the placeholder, well, placeholders is not the right way of saying it, but Biggers and and Cam Kelly are your guys right now at safety uh, until Jacarius Conley comes back. It's going to take him some time to kind of work back into it, but Cam and Geo are are veteran guys. I do think Adam mentioning Boykins, we heard a lot of good things about him last year, but he was just young and raw. Um, and he's been the guy that they penciled in as the star, which is, you know, basically a nickel. Sounds like he may have more coverage responsibilities than a typical nickel would. Um, but they liked him a lot. And so I think he's probably somebody you're going to hear his name quite a bit. Uh, and then I would add, you know, we talk about all this four and five star talent along the defensive line. I don't feel like we ever talk about the guy who played a ton of snaps last year in Kevin Hester. Um, we never early, In early part of camp, who's running with the ones? Kevin Hester. Um, and so I think he's a guy that has just proven to be a steady presence up front, veteran guy. Uh, you're going to see some of those young, flashy names pop up, and they're going to get some, some playing time. But I think he's a guy that is going to be a steady rock for the – for the defensive line. And that's a good thing to have a veteran guy like that who's played some. And then I think on the offensive side of the ball, uh, it needs to be Andre Green, Amarion Hampton, George Petaway for the offense to pop off. But I do think Zach Rice, everything we've heard coming out of camp, dating back to the spring, is that uh, it's not a matter of, of if, but when. And he's coming on strong. So I, I think he's going to be a, a key player for that offensive line on the end. Yeah, why not just why not just start him and then you can sell future offensive line recruits. Look, we started this five star. Come and we'll start you. Guy seems like he's ready enough. Maybe just throw him out there. One thing, John, sorry. I think the secondary, some of the questions, like as Adam alluded to, like what's going on in the secondary? They were a reason for a lot of the losses last year, late. And so I think there's a general bad taste in the mouth of fans of the breakdown against NC State. You know, maybe against South Carolina, but and then you always saw them throwing up their hands in confusion, not knowing the plays, which we've talked about. And so I think that kind of lingering image of of getting beat against state and all this confusion, that's what's nervous for us. And so there's this cautious optimism that Charlton Warren has gotten that fixed. Um, and but we don't know yet. We haven't seen them play. But you know, there's you know, we know Grimes, you know Storm Duck, um, they like the legend Cavasso's kid. Uh, but you know, Don Chapman. Uh, Cam Kelly, you know, when safeties mess up, it's it's usually a big deal. So you hear those names a lot. Um, I'm missing one safety, um, whatever, but Geo um, Biggers. Biggers, yeah. So you know, there's there's a little nervousness, I think, there. But look, we all we hear about Charlton Warren is how good he is, disciplinarian, uh, focus, tactician. So there's optimism in what he can do to change that group in what the the nine months he's had them. John? Yeah, and the, and the other part about it, too, let me just add this to what Ross said. Uh, people see some of these guys make mistakes. Um, and, like, I mean, Cam Kelly, let's lay it out there. Cam Kelly made a mistake at the end of the state game, led to a 64-yard touchdown pass that had – I mean, my brother's a big state guy. He was walking <laughs> out of the stadium. And he's he's walking, and you can – if you've ever been to Carter-Finley, you know, in the corners, you can actually see the field on the concourse. So he sees the touchdown and goes and finds a seat. <laughs> and it just reinvigorated that place, and State goes on the win. Um, Cam Kelly knows about that. And people see that, and they hold him hold that against him. But I think it's important to understand that the coaches understand who is their best opportunity to minimize mistakes. As Ross, Ross points out, like, if you mess up on that back end, I mean, it's not going to go over very well. Um, and one of the first days of camp that we were able to watch, I'm not going to name his name, but one of the younger guys who didn't play a whole lot last year and the fan base has been saying, well, this kid's going to be great. Let's put him out there. Charlton Warren was tearing him a new one. 
because <laughs> he was lining up incorrectly on the side. And it was not a pleasant conversation between those two. But that's what it takes. Is you, you have to be perfect in practice if you want to have a chance to play in games. Um, and so just because a guy's made mistakes in the past on the field, that doesn't mean that he just needs to be replaced. It means that he's still probably the best option, and they're trying to coach these guys up. So you, it's not always the guy that hasn't played that's the better option. I, th- I think fans fans understand that, I think, a bit with quarterback, but the same holds true for every other position. The image of uh, Amika Amezi catching that ball I mean, I know you guys have seen the still photo of it and Cam Kelly getting there late, helpless, you know, almost. You know, it's just the red, you know, I mean, that you want to talk about a photo from that game, you know, that touchdown pass, him getting there late, Omezi, you know, I mean, a picture being worth a thousand words. You're not going to uh, do your – You're not, not going to do yourself to Inside Carolina subscribers by that uh, – About Ruben Meta. Yeah. I'm not trying to rub anything in. I'm just saying, remember how memorable it was. You know, I and- think that to Greg's point, though, the play that the big touchdown, once they got the onside kick, you, it, was, it was over. And, I told that, people after the field goal, it wasn't over yet. But go that, ahead, Rob. That's, that's a Mecca Measy who was not offered by UNC, who came to four <laughs> four camps in a row and was not. He just wanted a UNC offer, wanted a UNC offer, never got it. It was Charlotte kid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It Cam, Kelly, Cam Kelly was asked about it. You remember when we talked to him a couple of days ago? Uh, you know, he got asked about, you know, how often do you think about the way the state game ended? You know, because that's, you know, that's what we all think about. Yeah, it's uh, it, it is uh, they've got to be better. But I think the defensive line, like we've said in the past, the defensive line linebackers can help out that defensive backfield. What you got for us, John? We are easing up on the ten o'clock hour. So let's get some of these questions. Yeah. With all that said, what, what Greg said, I still want to hear what your opinions are. Jared's question, any freshman going to get time on defense? Do you think any freshman can clear that barrier and not make mistakes and maybe help the football team? There's, there's um, one name, right, Greg? I think so, yeah. That's big. Travis Shaw, five-star out of Grimsley. I think we'll see- yeah, I think we'll see him at some point. You know, it might be a guy where he gets 20 snaps a game, but I mean, I think he's too good to keep off. I think his conditioning was an issue in the spring, and hopefully that's been remedied over the last couple months. But I think he's a guy you play, you'll play some. I think he'll be like a backup nose tackle, 15 to 20 snaps a game. But yeah, anybody else, Greg, Adam? I was going to say five years ago we'd be talking about Bo Atkinson battling for a starting yeah. defensive end yeah. position, yeah. I think. He looks good. Uh, but because there's so much depth and talent on that defensive line, they, they're not going to need him. And that, that's a good thing for the program. That's one of the reasons we're probably scratching our head here saying, who, what freshman is going to play a lot? And that's a good thing. That's a good problem to have. We walk past them, Adam. I write everything down. Uh, Max said Marcus Allen the other day. He I don't did, know right? Was Ross, um, but um, you know what he's—he is he out of? I think he's out of Georgia, right? Like uh, Walton or Marietta, somewhere around there. But, Walton High School. Yeah, I man. I don't know that. You know, Mac mentioned Marcus Allen as a guy that is uh, a freshman DB. That is a guy that is, you know, people they like. Thinking, they, they like Marcus Allen. They like Will Hardy, Will Hardy. the uh, the the six two two ten safety uh, son of a, a football coach. Um, you know, a, a Caucasian Lawrence safety um, yeah. out of uh, – yeah, that? and they, they like – Lawrenceville, Georgia. Yeah, and they – Bo Atkinson, Adam, we walked past Bo Atkinson on Monday. What do you what do you think about him just walking past him? I believe I looked at you and said, how would you like to try to box him out in basketball, keep yeah. him off the boards? He is massive. I mean, I mean eight, 18 years old, 6'6", yeah. 6'5". Six, six, He's built already. I mean, I can't believe – I mean, I imagine being – 18-year-old freshman looking like Flowing him. Flowing mane of blonde hair. Yeah, Thor. I mean, yeah. Thor, yeah. I mean, he looks help, the part. I help, mean, he Greg. Really help me, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> so, serious question, though. We think Travis Shaw and maybe Marcus Allen, and this is a good thing, like to Greg's point, um, these freshmen would have played a ton uh, three years ago, four years ago, but we think those are the only freshmen, true freshmen, that could get some legit time unless something goes sideways. We all agree on that. 
the other the other names that we could throw out uh, would be a linebacker, yeah. Sebastian Cheeks, and maybe Deuce Caldwell, just because of numbers. They've only got five guys there, uh, so they would like they would like for Ra Ra and maybe Cheeks because Cheeks was here in the spring to really uh, give them some depth so that you don't have to play Gray and Eccles the whole game. Uh, that's you know, that's more out of necessity, not necessarily because they've you know they're much better than everybody else. You know, it's a, a fair distinction to make. And I think with yeah. Marcus Allen, if he does play, it's because there's there's injuries in the secondary. You know, I think Storm Doug, I think it's public knowledge, Storm Doug and even Cavazos are, are a little bit banged up. They're not out, but there's some guys that are just going through some lingering issues that they remember not playing as much. Um, so yeah, but you never know. I mean, Travis Shaw, he, he may not play, you know, against Notre Dame. He may not play in the first couple games, but at some point will play. But you, you always say that, and they don't play until week six or seven because they're just not ready. They're not ready to go against a fifth-year senior guard who's going to be in the NFL next year, you know? Weren't we hearing that to 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 build off of what Greg was saying? Weren't we hearing that Power and uh, Cedric Gray played a ton of snaps in the last scrimmage? Like, did did we hear that correctly, or did I just make that up in my head? I think someone said, or we heard from somebody reliable that they had played just a ton of snaps uh, in the in the most recent scrimmage. Well, it would certainly fit the playbook. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, did you say okay, Sebastian? You say, you, say cheek, cheek, you say cheeks? No, uh, Eccles, uh, Eccles and, and Gray. Uh, and Gray. No, uh, Max said that Eccles only played like 100 snaps last year, and that oh, okay, Gray played like 900. But beyond that, I'm not. I don't know that he said anything. I, yeah. Thanks, thanks, Greg Ross. That's how you help your brother out, right there. You. you I mean, if they're wrong, if if he's wrong, yeah, call him out, Adam. That's wrong. Well, that's just that's <laughs> just what like, Max said. I don't know if somebody else told him that or not. I, well, I was, I was saying when Adam was saying that, like, well, I would hope that Eccles and Gray played a lot in the scrimmage. They're the two starters, right? I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Sorry. This is, this is Adam, awesome. we'll put up with that. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm glad y'all set me straight. I mean, Ross, uh -huh. he can say whatever. You know, it's fine. Yeah, but we, I'm, uh, I try to referee these. So, um, <laughs> Ross, is, Ross will get you. Look, offensive line talk. Let's do it right quick before we get out of here. People keep asking that question. Outside of Zach Rice. Greg Barnes, offensive line talk. Carolina's got to be better here. They do, for sure. And I, I think that's an important thing, especially with the um, the sacks issue. It, Sam had a role in that, uh, so I think that will help. Uh, but it, what's interesting is if you look at what Jack McNeil did at Louisville, sacks were kept to a minimum. If you look at what he did with his time in uh, Oxford alongside of Phil Longo, this sacks are going up. So I think that just tells us that it's, it's Phil Longo's system that plays a role in this. And he's willing to take some of those risks. Like, uh, yeah, my guy may get sacked more than yours, but I'm going to have more vertical bombs than, than you are. And that, you know, it's risk reward. You got to be able to even that out. And um, I think the issue for North Carolina is that in games that they needed to make plays uh, in, in crucial times, Sacks popped up. You can't have that happen. It's one thing to get a sack on a vertical. It's another thing when you're like third and six and you're trying to get a first down and you get a sack. So that's where things have to tighten up. And I think Big Nell said all the right things. We'll have to see how that plays out. Um, I think Austin Richards is a guy that needs to have a fantastic year at left tackle. That alleviates so much stress if that, that happens because now you've got Rice and Roland that you can really roll, roll in there at right tackle that allows you to really settle in on William Barnes, right guard. You've already got Ed uh, Montalus at left guard. They like what they have at center with both uh, Corey Gaynor and Brian Anderson. Looks like Corey Gaynor's kind of got a, a lock on that position. That's a solid group. Um, and then you need some of the young guys. I, I think one of the key things is Richards, he could leave after this year. He's a senior. Montalus, he's a senior. Brian Anderson's gone. Gaynor's a senior. William Barnes is a senior. Mr. Rowland's a grad transfer. That could be your starting line, and all five guys could leave. So you've got to get a lot of younger guys playing. I know they always talk about trying to get eight, right? You want to have an extra tackle, extra guard, extra center. That gives you eight. They need to start letting some of these other guys play. And I think that's a key thing early in the year is trying to use these games that they should win handily uh, to really build up some reps and – 
give you an idea of what the future is going to look like because you don't want to go in the next year having to replace five guys on the offensive line and there not be really anybody there that has a lot of snaps. A name. Well, that is the content I come to the show for right there, Ross. And Adam, yeah. that right there, that's the stuff. A name to remember, I think, uh, Travion Green is a freshman who I think they really like and it will be good in a couple of years. He looked massive. There we go, Travion Green. I mean, he was uh, – he looks incredible. And he was the guy that they, they offered and he was overweight. He was 400 pounds and said he had to lose weight. He had to lose weight. He got down to 360 and he's lost weight. He had his shirt off on Monday at practice and he looked massive, six seven, you know, carrying that weight really well. So that's a name to he might not play this year, but I think a game a guy that will be a, a starter for UNC for years to come. Is Spencer Rollin, I mean, is he a guy that we're gonna see on the field? I hadn't heard a ton about him um, other than a few coaches mentioned his name. Max said Max said uh, Monday that uh, he may be getting adjusted to the speed of uh, not playing in the Ivy League. He didn't name check the Ivy League, but you know he basically said that um, about Roland. Well, yeah, always, I think Greg they don't agree. bring in a tra- they don't bring in a transfer to sit. So, yeah, I think Greg would agree that they're using him both as left and right. As a backup, I don't think he's going to be a starter. He could be a guy that could be a trusted backup at left or right. A swing tackle, they call that, Adam. <laughs> I've heard of the term. John, do you have any more questions before we can park Go this train? I have a, to welcome Adam to the show. I have one thing, and then Greg will get to you. Uh, Adam, we need you to predict uh, Des Evans' oh, sack yeah. total for the season. We got if, if the there. number is less than 20, it's not going to be accepted <laughs> by the chat, I don't think. Uh, what's the UNC single season record for sacks? <laughs> mm, that's a Greg Barnes question. I'm, I can tell, I'm already I, looking up one thing. Let me see what else I can find. Hang on. I can tell you that uh, Gregory yeah. Hall, rest him, rest in peace, Gregory, on that bet. Um, he had Des Evans. I had Tamon Fox last year, and he has still not lived it down. <laughs> Man, I got Noah Taylor. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't want to say anything uh, that might get me in trouble. Or I guess that, is that the point of saying hey, something? That you Adam, this is this is podcasting. You pick something, you go with it, and you take it to your grave. Just say something. <laughs> I'm close to my grave. Is the problem? Um, I will say uh, I'll say Dev, Des Evans uh, six and a half sacks. <laughs> Lawrence got, Taylor had sixteen sacks in. Yeah. 1980. That's the school season okay. single record. So that Thank record's you. not getting broken. You, we hear all that build up, Adam, and you go six and a half. Man, I mean, I'm trying like, to be realistic here, man. How many, how many sacks has he had so far at, at Carolina? Well, he had Good. none last year. <laughs> really? He had none last year? He had zero. Damn, dude. He was in pass coverage, Ross. That's right. Bateman had him dropping. With, he was about there with Clyde Pender covering the deep post. Yeah. I'm writing I, down six and a half sacks. I, I do think Noah will be the leader. I think Adam's right. Noah will be the leader, and then I think it'll be Evans. And I think right there will be a guy like Miles Murphy and, and Ritzy. Uh, Miles Murphy almost uh, did not like that we did not give him a chance to be in that list. So we're going. I'm going Miles Murphy with eight and a half. Whew. You going Dez with six and a half? Now, I would, Vip asked me to to pick a number. I'm just following orders here. Yeah. What's well, your stat, Greg? What's your stat? Uh, so I went back and looked, uh, and this is to the best of my ability on, on short order. Uh, I do find it interesting that when Mac was at Tulane, he lost to Florida State all three years. Um, <laughs> interesting. But in 1993, uh, North Carolina, and this for all the people complaining about Carolina going to Georgia State, North Carolina traveled to Tulane on November 13th. And smacked down the Green Wave, forty-two to ten. One year later, Tulane came back to Chapel Hill on September seventeenth. Carolina won that game, forty-nine to zip. So Fun those are fact: two games that North Carolina, without Mac Brown, has won against a team that he has coached. Fun Swift. fact: in that Tulane game in Keenan Stadium, the record for longest interception return happened in that game. What's that? Hundred yards. Reggie Love, Durham Hillside, I believe. Can y'all can you imagine Mac down down New Orleans with a, a bowl of gumbo and some crawfish, just going to town on some shrimp, etouffee, a couple of po' boys just going to town on some New Orleans food down there? 
That's how it got started. That's how it got started. That is how it got started. Look, we are uh, at our wits end. All right. And so we're going to get out of here. Uh, Vipolis, we know Quinshaw Davis is that uh, is the Georgia State wide receiver coach. So maybe it's a trip to go see Quinshaw down there. Uh, but Georgia State, when's that? The 10th, September 10th, apps, Labor Day weekend, and then Florida A&M on August 27th. It'll be here before we know it. Greg Barnes, we bid you farewell to the On The Beat podcast. Uh, appreciate your many. Th- these boys have a lot to live up to. Will they try? <laughs> we will uh, We will see how they do it. If they don't, you're, I'm dusting off the mothballs and calling you back. <laughs> Adam Smith, welcome to the group. We'll be back next week. On The Beat Live will be Tuesday nights at 9 o'clock during the season. Um, God willing, the creek don't rise every day. That day at 9 o'clock, Ross Martin, Adam Smith, Greg Barnes, John Bowman, bringing it together. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. Johnny T-Shirt's a sponsor. Peace, folks. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.